I'd like to welcome a special guest to the podcast this evening, Kirk Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see here. So this is me. This is what. This is the sign I'm going to have made. I, I had it made. It's yeah. just a simple sign. Mm-hmm. And it's a billboard. I bought a billboard. Yeah, they told me. <laughs> it's not very big. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I mean, it's out. It's going to be out on the road and it's going to be a. Uh, I'm going to put a little gable roof with solar panels on it and it'll have lights that come on after dark and it'll be timed lights and shit. And uh, i put a little battery out there. I'm going to bury it in the ground. I was collecting stuff at the restore today. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool shit. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to do that. And I also did, uh, I got a hold of the restore today as well. I'm going to be the front guy to take care of the lawn care yeah. next to the front doors, but I'm going to be able to put my logo up there, you know, lawn care, whatever this area dedicated or taken care of by that off-grid guy and put a little solar panel up there and paint my logo on it and shit. But I don't have a logo. It's just that off-grid guy. Yeah. Or hashtag T-O-G-G. Yeah. Which is lame as fuck. But I don't know this stuff. Like, this is just amazing to me, all of this shit. So I just feel, like, left out. Like, I feel, like, so 1999, like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Yeah, but so, you're doing great. You've got, yeah. like, you've got like 17,000 followers on Facebook. Yeah. Like, you're ahead of the game. Well, like, and now, but now it's, like, how do I make – my goal is, to like, make $10 a month off of sales from that off-grid guy stuff. But I have no stuff. Yeah. I have nothing to sell. So that's my next evolution of, of my business is to take and sell all the swag. What do you have for a, like a website other than just the Facebook page? Uh, www.thatoffgridguy.com. Does it have like any kind of e-commerce store or anything no, in it? No, not yet. Because I don't have anything to sell. Yeah. Because I don't have pens. I mean, you know, I want to do the drop shipping, so I don't have it sitting in inventory. You know, and right. I have 10,000 pens sitting there that I can't do a damn thing with. Right. I'd rather just do, you know, you want one? Okay, great. You know, whatever. It's, but I just haven't got, I don't know how to do all of that. Yeah. And so I was talking about that with my, a buddy of mine, Pete, uh, who runs Evolution Media Consultants. He's like, dude, you know, that's what I do for a living. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like, let's make yeah. this happen. And so he's been in control of my account for a couple of months now. And and because uh, when I first got hooked up with him, I was at like a thousand organic, mm-hmm. a thousand people organically that I was like, you know, talking to. And then he's like, no, 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 no. Let's let's get you up there. And man, he went to, like when it broke ten thousand. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh shit! I felt a little intimidated. Now it's like, "Oh whatever, man." I want a hundred thousand now. Like, fuck that. Let's do this. Right. So I went and I was able to meet. Uh, I don't know, uh, Darren Knight. Do you know uh, mm. Southern Mama? Mm-mm. No. Oh, dude. Anyways, he's a comedian online, and I just love the shit out of his his skits. Well, for my birthday last year, my girlfriend bought me tickets to talk, bought us tickets to go see him. And I got to meet him, and uh, I, I was kind of trying to figure out what the hell did he do? How did he get so popular so fast? And what he did is he had his friends who were there was four of them that were also comedians, and they weren't popular in their own right. But what they did is they started cross promoting each other. I was like, son of a bitch, that's how he did it. Yeah. And. And they hit all demographics. So he's got an older person. He's got a female. He's got a redneck guy. And then he's got him. And who's a little bit more prim and proper a little bit. And I was like, son of a bitch, that's it. There it is. That's the, that's the, like, that's the golden ticket. Yeah. You've got everybody promoting it. Yeah. we have got jujitsu here in a minute. Uh, it's so, not until eight, so we're good. They don't have until eight in Fayetteville? Yeah. 
They got sparring going on right now, though, right? Kickboxing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I got my gear in the bag. So yeah. In my truck. I thought about going tonight. Is it Nate? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I might go. Yeah, you I should, might go and roll. no gi, like. Yeah. And then I think it's, so I think it's like, uh, to like, I'd have to get the schedule out of the Jeep, but I want to say it starts at, starts at eight o'clock and goes until eight, like nine. nine. Yeah. And then like at nine ish or whatever, like or eight forty five ish or something, it's like free roll. Yeah. Or nine o'clock's free roll for like fifteen minutes or yeah. something. It's eight to eight forty five and then eight forty five to nine is free roll. Yeah. So yeah. I I brought my bag. Nice. Thought, oh shit, I don't know if I have enough energy to go, but I think I might. Well, I'm ready to get back. Uh I got out of jujitsu because I I hurt my back mm-hmm. just being stupid. Ended up tearing my piriformis muscle in my left hip. And I do not wish that pain upon anyone, but it's finally getting back now. Uh, I've been kind of talking with Caleb a little bit, like, hey, like, let's talk about competition. He's like, let's make sure you're at 100% first because, you know, you don't want to be re-injuring yourself. I'm like, no, I don't want to re-injure myself. I just, if I sit around, I'm just going to melt into a blob because I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. But when I'm active and I stay active, that's like, okay, now it's time to put this bitch in high gear and make it happen. And um, hurting my back, you know, I gained, you know, 20 pounds just mm-hmm. from that, just from not being able to move, not being able to sleep. I didn't sleep for months, for four months probably. I didn't sleep a wink. Damn. It was, I was ready to pull the trigger. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. I'm going insane. I was literally going insane, losing my mind. It took about a year and a half to heal. But now, man, I, I tried going back to class and doing what I could do about, I don't know, probably about six months after I hurt my back. And uh, I don't know if you know him. His name's Cody Corbino. He's one of the fighters up there. And, uh, man, I was training with him, and I threw a left kick, and I just hit the floor crying. I was just bawling, just sobbing. I I was thankful that I was sweaty because I was just bawling my eyes out. And I crawled off the mat. I was like, I can't do it. Like, my left leg just, it felt like it was about to, my tendons felt like they were about to snap at any moment. Anyways, that's another story. So the road to recovery for that, though, uh, it was um, a lot of a lot of stretching, a lot of movement, just keeping that muscle active and keeping it going. Because anytime I sat idle, it would start to lock up and it would start to tighten, and I would have to work to get it back loose again. And uh, a lot of stretching. So you know the doctor that uh, oh. that recommended rest, ice, compression, elevation has completely changed his stance on it. Really? Yeah, so like you were saying, like the movement is what helped you. Yeah. So that's like the whole like cliche term you hear, like you need to walk it off, Yeah. is actually a realistic thing. So the whenever we injure something, like inflammation is actually your friend. And so the fact that it swells up, we're not supposed to take ibuprofen and get the swelling down and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like swelling causes fresh blood flow. Fresh blood flow brings oxygen, which brings the repair. If you uh, take away the inflammation, then a lot of the times you're not going to get the, the blood flow that you need. Flow. And then in order to also increase the blood flow, the more you move it, the more blood's going to go to it. And so if we rest it and we elevate it, then we're eliminating the blood that's going to go to it. If we ice it, we close off the capillaries, less blood flows. Like you're, you're completely, like you're eliminating the short-term pain, yes. But your long-term healing process your healing time will heal faster if you were to, you know, continue to move within your limits. Obviously, 
like when you go to the doctor and you're like, it hurts when I do this. And the doctor's like, well, then don't do that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so when you start to walk on it and it starts to hurt overbearingly, by all means, stop. Right. But if you can kind of keep walking on it, the inflammation is going to go down way faster naturally by you getting that flesh, fresh blood in there, getting the oxygen in there, and yeah. it starts to heal. Well, and that's what it took. I, it just took the fact that I just, I, I would literally, I started off with just, if I could make it across my bedroom, mm-hmm. that's all I, all I could do. I could just make it in, in 17 feet from one end to the other in my, my master bedroom. And I, I would walk there and back to my bed and rest. Like, cause it would take everything that I could do to just walk that far. And, uh, and then it got a little easier to do that. And then it was like, okay, now I'm going to walk to, you know, just a little bit farther in, in, in increments, a little bit farther, a little bit farther. And then, and then it was, okay, now I, I know I can go this far. Let's see how fast I can do it and time it and then get a little bit faster doing it. And, and it was stretching and stretching and, and going to the chiropractor um, which didn't, I don't know if that helped me or hindered me. I'm not really sure. Um, but it felt good. So mm-hmm. I figured as long as it felt good, you know, I'm going to, uh, keep doing it. They put me on a traction table. Uh, Oh God. Oh, that, you know, you look at it and you're like, I can take that. I'm, I'm you know, I'm Kirk Wolf. I can take that. Fuck man. They getting off of that thing. I mean, I'm just, again, just shaking in pain. I was just like, oh my God, that, that was terrible. But it was stretching me back out and stretching that tendon in there and that muscle. And, uh, but that was a, yeah, that was a hell of an ordeal. I don't wish that upon anyone anymore. Like that sucks. But anyways. Yeah. I wrecked a 600 CC motorcycle onto my leg. And at the time I was going to UFC kickboxing. I was playing soccer. I was playing paintball. And I thought that it was just like an overuse injury. And I didn't recognize the fact that it had to do with wrecking the motorcycle. Because when I wrecked the motorcycle, I mean, it like laid over onto my leg. And I popped right back up like nothing. and pulled the bike up and was like, oh, man, like is everything okay? You know, like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like adrenaline just didn't even recognize it. So then I played paintball that weekend. No big deal. Go to soccer that Tuesday. Score a goal. And in kicking the goal, I literally just like fell to the ground and on the monday and the tuesday at kickboxing actually every time i would kick the bag like i felt like my leg was just gonna like come off at the knee and i was like oh man i don't know what's going on like something didn't feel right but i'm one of those guys like you know i'm just toughing it the fuck out yeah and so like i go to soccer i'm running i'm sprinting cutting turning on turf at the uh all-star sports arena in springdale and i score a goal and when I scored the goal, like I kicked it with my right leg, and I go to put my foot down, and I just felt like my knee just like cave out, and I just like fell all the way to the ground, like you said, crawled off the, yeah. the field. I pulled on the net, cause it's got like a net around it. I'm pulling up on the net to like stand up, and I could like barely get to the bench to like sit down. So I go to the doctor, get an MRI, and they're like, "You're gonna have to see a specialist." See the specialist. He reads it. And he was like, "You have a full thickness cartilage tear." But it's bleeding. So he's like, it doesn't seem like it's like your standard like overuse arthritis. He was like, since it's bleeding, it'll heal, but it'll be scar tissue. He was like, I recommend that you don't run anymore unless you want to let me do like a surgery on your knee. And so I was like, just depressed and devastated. I was like, I can't run anymore. Like I have kids. Like, yeah. I want to be able to be athletic for my children. Like I need to just stop everything that I'm doing so that way I can one day 
be able to jog around with them and play at their level as they're growing up, you know? Right, right, right. And then I started, like, researching it, and I was like, okay, so it's a knee injury. The only way to improve your knees is through movement. Right. Because your knees, uh, the way they get fluid is by moving them. And if mm-hmm. you don't move them, then you won't get any fluid in them. Right. So I got on a uh, the rowing machine. Ah. Like used to row. No impact, no impact. Full body workout. Started fighting away like all of my depression by exercising and losing weight and made it easier on my knees. Next thing you know, one day this dog comes running past my place. Some chick's like, my dog got out, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'll help you. And I'm like <laughs> kind of chasing this dog. And I realized, I was like, wait, I'm running. Huh. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to start like you know jogging or something and i was like okay i'm gonna start trying to run i'm gonna sprint wow i'm gonna start exercising full on so then it went to deadlift squats learning how to be a personal trainer everything so i was like full on back into it and i was like i'm gonna be an athlete again but it it just took like you said like just moving through it it takes that but well and i think a lot of that was the pain that I just knew that if I move my left leg in this position, it's gonna just it's just gonna go through me to the point where I just can't take it mentally. Yeah. And uh, it hurts so bad. And then little by little, the pain just started going away. And then next thing I know, I woke up. I literally I remember the day I woke up one morning and I was like, "All right, I gotta get up out of bed." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm just gonna roll." And you know because it was just muscle memory i just rolled to my one side and i was like wait a second that should have hurt like what the hell and then i slowly i'm like okay that didn't hurt let's move my legs a little oh shit there's no pain man i i was taking like baby steps like getting up out of bed like oh uh i don't know if i should put any pressure on my legs or not and i just slowly started moving i was like wait a minute there's no pain here it's like oh shit and Next thing I know, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to take it easy, but I'm going to keep moving. And then back into it, and now I'm back into it. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm 110% now. I don't give a fuck. Right. Like, let's just go, and I'm ready to murder people again. Like, whew, not Yeah. Yeah, not, <laughs> not really. Not really, but, but. In the cage. Yeah, yeah, in the cage. Like, fuck, bring it on now. I'm ready to go, and I just got to lose the weight. Yeah. So, lose my weight back again. But So, that off-grid guy. Um, shit. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, people ask me, what is that? And I'm like, well, it's a, you know, I install off grid solar panel systems for people, uh, not grid tied. Was it all started as the off grid guy was a solar panel company? No, it started with just, uh, because I did the show on the DIY network called building off the great Ozark paradise. And, uh, I was a realtor for, you know, 14 plus years prior to that. And, uh, but I have all of this other knowledge and a lot of people make fun of me for it like how do you know how to do all this stuff and i'm like well i don't fucking know like, you want to be self-sustainable yeah well and and a lot of it has to go back with how i was brought up uh i, I was brought up very poor i uh, didn't know i was poor uh we lived with my grandmother uh my parents and i uh and my sister all moved in with my into my grandparents house when we were young my my father lost his how lost the house and uh you know all the turmoil in their life you know, but as a kid, I'm, I don't know. I didn't know those things. I just knew we were going on an adventure and we were going to go live with grandma for a while. And uh, my grandmother lived in the middle of nowhere on 300 acres that was family land. And 
it was a salvage yard. Like my grandfather had his sixth sixth grade education, uh, and he ran scrap his whole life. That's all he's ever done, and that's how he supported the family. Uh, probably doesn't know how to read or write real well, but he can tell you from you know half a mile away what this kind of metal is and that kind of metal and what it's worth and how much you need per ton and how to clean it. And so growing up. That's what it was. It was if I wanted a bicycle, it wasn't go into town and buy one. It was go out to the scrapyard and pull parts of, you know, off of this bike and that bike and make a bicycle. So that's what I did. <laughs> and, you know, I would get up in the morning uh, and I would go on adventures. And I'm probably eight years old at this time. Uh, and my grandmother would literally, I remember, I would get up, I would eat pancakes and toast with cinnamon and sugar that my grandmother would make and then she would make me a lunch and tell me to have a good day and I was allowed to roam not only our land but the surrounding land as well which was vacant it was probably probably three to four thousand acres that I was allowed to roam of woods in northern Wisconsin where there are bears and there are lots of apex predators and I would just go and I would ride my bicycle until I found a patch of woods that I was like, oh, I want to go see what's in there. And then I would walk to the end of it just to see what's there. <laughs> right. I can't imagine letting my son do that now, but that far away. And then, like, I only had to, I had to check in at night. Like, yeah. I would come back as long as I was back before, before dark or before dinner time. They didn't care. That's kind of the way I brought up too. Yeah, and it's just like, oh man, it blows my mind now. Like, holy shit, there's no way I'd let my eight-year-old kid do that. Free-range parenting. Yeah, and uh, but it was great. It was a great education. I didn't know I was being educated. I just figured that's how everybody was. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was taught at a real young age uh, that if you wanted something, you can have it if you know how to build it, repair it, take it apart, or you know, merge it with something else that was never meant to be that item. Mm -hmm. And uh, so a lot of that was brought over to, uh, uh, there's a lot of different scenarios as far as how, how that off-grid guy started. It had to deal with my, my dad passing away, my uncle passing away. I was very close to both of them. Uh, and then, you know, just needing a different change of pace. Uh, especially after my dad and my and my uncle died, um, it was just like okay, I really kind of had to take a gut check moment of, you know, I'm a realtor. Is this really what I want out of life? And it's like, no, I hate real estate. I've always hated real estate. I'm just good at it. Uh, I'm good at sales. I'm good at marketing. I'm good at you know talking to people. And if they want to purchase a home, I can provide that provide that service. But I was never happy because it was like, oh God, I. I it feels dirty. It feels like, you know, here I am with this knowledge of how to be self-sustainable and how to be, you know, uh, self-sufficient. And yet my job is to literally get someone and put them into debt and make them a slave to that debt. And I don't know, probably... Just about a year before I started that off-grid guy, I was really like, yeah, this fucking blows. Like, I don't like this. This is not who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, but didn't align with, like, your beliefs and your no. morals. And Every closing I had, 
which is supposed to be the greatest. Oh, it's awesome. It's hyped up. <laughs> celebrate. Yeah, celebrate. Pop the cork. Let's, you know, go party. I was like, yeah. I just fucked these people yeah, up. Yeah, I just fucked these people out of $400,000, you know, on a $100,000 home because you're going to pay back three to four times that amount in, in, in interest in principle. They are literally going to be a slave for the next 30 years if they make their payments on time to that fucking house and that payment. Like, what the hell am I doing? This is not me. And, uh, you know, some people call me crazy because they're like, what the fuck? Like, you left real estate in the height of, like, the real estate market. Like, it takes nothing to go sell a house. And you make, you know, thousands of dollars. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really give a fuck. Like, money's never been a motivating factor for me. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do have to make a certain amount of money to, to live. But... I could really give a shit if I have $1,000 in my pocket or $10 in my pocket. Yeah, because you can't buy happiness. No, you can't. And, and you know, and I've been, you know, the, the, the number one realtor in the state of Arkansas. Okay, I've been there. I've been on the top. I've been to the, on the stages. I've had to give the speeches. And it was just like, you know, they say, as they say, it's lonely at the top. And it certainly is. They do not like you when you're number one. People do not like you because they're kind of envious of that. Like, oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to beat that guy's stats or that person's stats or you know whatever next year we're gonna get them and and honestly when i got there i was like well this is a well, like where the fuck do you go from here like this is nothing this isn't these aren't these people are friendly to me but they're not my friends acquaintances like, yeah they're literally acquaintances that would stab me in the back at a moment's notice if they knew how to get a hold of my clientele mm -hmm. they would take that clientele list and run with it and so it was really a lot of that. It was, uh, fuck this. Like, this is not who I am. This does not... It, 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 it would move me internally. Like, it would kind of... I don't know, move my soul, vibrate... The vibrations were all wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was like, ugh, God, this is... This is boring as shit. I, I'm... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I don't want to really use the term better than better than that, but... I'm better than that. Like, I know more than that. Yeah, you want more for yourself than that. I, I was built for something else, and this is not it. Yeah. And um, and that was kind of the culmination of uh, a couple of different people, you know, encouraging me. Caleb uh, with Inferno being one of them, saying, look, you need to capitalize on the fact that you are now, you know, a TV celebrity. You're on TV. You've been on DIY Network. You've been on HBO. You know, all of this other shit. You need to capitalize on that through social media and it wasn't until after the show aired that i was like motherfucker you're right like i need but i couldn't think of a name and and uh my buddy craig uh that i'm like he's my soulmate um he's like come on man you're that off-grid guy like i was feeling down one day and i'm like man i don't really know what to do you know i'm thinking about getting out of real estate i want to do something else but i don't really know what to do he goes come on man you're that off-grid guy you know what to do and i went Son of a bitch. That off-grid guy. There's the name. That off-grid guy. I mean, look. I mean, it's giving me goosebumps even thinking about it. Like, yeah. I get excited. And that is... That's where my fucking passion's at. It's like, fuck me. There it is. All along, I just had to... It, it just all hit me like a ton of bricks one day. I was just like, fuck. That's it. There it is. I, I now see my path. I'm going to take it. And, and to hell with consequences with real estate, to hell with those people, I don't care. Um, you know, I'd be hard-pressed to go to my office and find 
five people in there of 300 people that actually know, not my address, actually know what city I live in because I live out in the county and because I'm not connected with those people. But by God, I can go to that off-grid guy, go to my clientele, and they can tell you where my cabin's at, how many times they've been there. You know, those are the true individuals that are like, hey, man, I'll help you out because I've finally found my pack. I've, I've found my tribe. And it's like, man, I was searching for so long, and it was just right in front of me, but I didn't see it. It was clouded uh, by this other lifestyle of, you know, rich and famous and blah, blah, blah. And conformity. Yeah, yeah. And I don't do that. I've never done that. And, and so that's, like, you, you bring that up. Like, that's interesting about conformity. You know, uh, you know, growing up, I was bullied because I didn't own Adidas shoes. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't afford Adidas shoes. We di- I didn't know that was a thing. I just didn't know. Uh, and, you know, it was like, at, when you're young, you want to kind of conform because you think that that's important. Mm-hmm. But then... I would bring other things to school that nobody else had because I, I had, you know, hundreds of acres of salvage parts, you know, like, oh, what's this cool little trinket, you know, and uh, that set me apart. Now, back then, I just thought it was cool to bring this or that little car part or whatever to school. Now it's like, oh, shit, it was me not conforming. That was the whole thing. Like, I don't need your brand names to be happy. I don't need your shit. I have my own stuff and you don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. And so it was this huge just culmination of all of these events in my life funneled into one little phrase of my buddy going, shit, man, what are you worried about? You're that off grid guy. And I was like, oh, fuck me running. And, and so I you kinda, saw your yellow brick road. Oh, right man, there. it was like the veil. It was like, you know, the spotlights lit up the road. The, the veil was pulled back. The curtain was lifted. And, and it was just like, oh, shit. And I hit the ground running. It was from the time, the moment that he said that to the moment that I owned the Facebook page, I owned the Instagram page, the Facebook or the, the social media, all the social media sites, uh, my web page. Uh, and my email of, you know, www.thatoffgridguy.com or the email of, you know, thatoffgridguy at gmail.com, all of that was a span of about two hours because I was like, fuck, I got to get on there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Is, I, it, yeah. is it available? I yeah. Got it. Is it, it available? I is got it. Available? Is it available? I yep. got it. That's exactly what I did. And, and it was like, okay, now what? Like, and then, so my girlfriend's like, well, why don't you just tell people what you did? You know, growing up, what did you make? Tell, show them how you would solve this situation in this scenario. And so the, the beginning of that off-grid guy was, you know, teaching people how to make crafts for people using nothing, using leftover stuff that is literally trash. Like literally pull your trash can out, pull some shit out of that trash and make a gift for someone, a personalized gift. It didn't cost you anything, but just a little bit of craftiness and a little bit of your time. And, and my, my point to that was anybody can go down to your local big box store and, and buy something. Anybody can do that with money. That's easy. But this right here, this gift that I made you, that's something special. Mm-hmm. Now, in 20 years, when you see you know, this you know, trinket that you bought at Walmart or this you know, star that was made out of popsicle sticks... Which one are you going to hang on to? Because it has the sentimental meaning. 
somebody paid ten dollars for this gift, ten bucks, who who should you know, whatever, hundred dollars, whatever, whatever monetary value. Yeah, you could find a thousand more on eBay. Yes, you can. But this one is unique. This one was made for me. Mm-hmm. And and so I started with that. And I made gifts and I made, you know, look into people's histories. Like, for example, I made a, uh, a jewelry hanger for my girlfriend one year for Christmas. Okay. I could have went to Walmart and bought a jewelry hanger. It's about 10, 15 bucks. It's really nothing special. But instead, I went to her, her, her brother who owns the family farm back when she was a kid. And I got a piece of barn wood that came off of their father, her father's barn that he built back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it was just a piece of scrap that had fallen off, and they replaced it with tin or whatever. And then I put hooks into that piece of barn wood, and I stained it out, made it look pretty, put a hanger on it. And by God, if she didn't tear up like crazy, because it was like going home. It was a piece of her family history that her father put his blood, sweat, and tears into that is now holding her jewelry. That she puts on every day. That she puts on every day. And... She still has it. I mean, she, she that's been years ago. And she's like, yeah. And she'll tell people. There's history tied to it now. There's there's feeling tied to it. And that's that's what I try and get across. It's like, anybody can give a gift. Here's a gift. Whatever. I found it. Whatever. Fuck off. What are you going to do with that gift? Yeah, you're probably going to throw it away. But if you if you, if you you make something and you go, hey, I'm, I took the time to make this for you. You know, that right there. Damn. You want to see people melt in your arms and just, you know, love you until your dying day? Make people gifts. Simple gifts. It doesn't have to be even anything elaborate. And, oh, shit. Man, they'll, they'll, it's amazing when you see that, the, the true heartfeltness. And that's how that off-grid guy began. It was like, okay, you know, uh, making gifts, teaching people how to live a life outside of money. You know, getting, making, taking the value of money away because if if you take the value of money away now it's like take the license plate over there and turn it into something else you know the the one that's hanging on your wall over there Mm -hmm. you know let's cut the numbers apart and turn it into something different let's you know make a figure out of it whatever you know if you take the time to make that gift and you give it to someone it's anyways that's that's a tangent but it it began there and then then the questions from the, the followers well, how would I do this? How would I do that? And it was like, okay, I can attack this thing as a whole or I can narrow my focus and really let's start people down a path. And what is that common path? And it was like, okay, bills. People, everyone has bills. Everyone. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, what's the, what's the one bill that we know for a fact that we can virtually all get rid of? And it was the electricity bill. And it was like, oh, well, fuck, I know how to do solar. Like, I've been doing that for years. I didn't even think about it. I didn't think there was value in it. And bam. And then it just started rolling. So then I, you know, then I got a business card. And I started handing them out to people. Lo and behold, I was at a show one time at a, uh, at a craft show that my, my cousin runs a craft show. And this guy approaches me and he goes, so I heard you're that off-grid guy. He goes, what is it you specialize in? And I said, well, off-grid solar panel installation. And he goes, that's exactly what I need. I'm like, oh, fantastic. So we set up an appointment. We talked a little bit and we set up an appointment to go do a site visit. You know, I've been in marketing. I've been in sales. So it's not like I'm nervous or anything like, oh, shit. The newness of it was like, well, it's a different pitch than in real estate, but it's relatively the same. Outside of, I'm not trying to convince anyone. They're already coming to me with this need. I'm just fulfilling the need. 
And he's like, this is the system. This is what I want it to do. This is how we've got to, this is what I want. I said, fantastic. So I shot him a bid. And he goes, oh, that's an acceptable number. When can we start? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I just got my first customer. So I quoted him a price. And this is what I tell everybody. This is, I'm, I'm not after, I'm not after your money. If I was after your money, my, my prices would be three times that amount. Uh, but I'm not. What I'm after is I'm after the smile. I'm after the fact that whenever they come back out and I've done a good job or I've done my job and they flip on that switch and everything comes to life and it's running off of, off of my system, oh shit. If I could bottle that giggle and that laugh and that, that smile that comes across their face and, and that enthusiasm and that just that wow factor, if I could bottle that, that one particular moment in time, I'd be a billionaire because that's what I'm after. And, and even just talking about it gives me goosebumps because it's like, man, that's the feeling I'm after. I want to, them to walk in and, and have that smile on their face. That's the moment I'm after. I don't, I don't care about the money. Yes, of course, the money, there's a cost in it, but that's it right there. That little smile, that one particular moment in time. And I'll look for it. I'll sit there and wait for it. It's like, oh shit, here it comes, here it comes. Bam. And it's like, it's better than sex. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that part, but it's it's pretty great. No, it it's, is. It's 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 an amazing feeling because it's like oh shit, and then they go, damn, good job, and they'll sit there and just revel in it. And it's like oh yeah, man. It's like oh shit. It's like that feeling just comes over you. Just makes you want to pull out the cigar and pop the cork. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pop the cork and let's smoke one, man, because it's great. And that is what I'm after. And the reason I'm after that as opposed to the money, is because the amount of referrals that one customer can give me is infinitely times more than any money they can ever pay me. Right, because happiness is contagious. That's right. And so if they go, because what's the very first thing that they're going to do? They're going to go brag to their friends, hey, look what I got. And word of mouth is the best form of marketing. There it is right there. So he turned into four more customers just off of that. That one job turned into four other jobs because it was job well done. You did a fantastic job. And so what? one of his closest buddy calls me. Well, hey, I want some of that too. Why don't you come out and do this? Now he had you know a barn and a, he raises horses. So he had an equestrian barn uh, that didn't have electricity because it was out in the middle of his field. And it was going to be something to the tune of like $75,000 to run the lines out into his acreage. And he's like, I won't pay that. That's dumb. And I don't want lines in my field because I just don't. And so I came to him. I said, well, I can power, you know, I can power your barn. And we came to a terms on price. And bam, three days later, we had it up and rolling. And he's like, dude. And that turned into more. You know, and it just keeps going. And uh, so it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, man, I can do this. I I know this. I know this like the back of my hand. I don't even have to think about it. And you can tell it makes you happy too. Yes, and that's just it. It's like, man, I finally found my happy place. Like, shit, this is what gets me up out of bed. And now, you know, years of dreading getting up and going to the office. Oh, God, i got to deal with this today. Like Another uh, rat race. Yeah. It's like, oh, here I am, another cog in the wheel. Like, all right, whatever. Convincing you know? other people to stay in the race. Yes. Now it's like, I don't have to do that. They're seeking me out. It's not the other way around. I still promote myself. I still try and find business, yes, but, but it's different. I don't, there's no convincing. It's either you want it or you don't. And 
and we'll find a solution for your budget. Whatever your budget is, it doesn't matter. If you have a hundred bucks, if you have a hundred thousand dollars, I don't care. We're going to find what makes you happy and we're going to build on that and get you there. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, and I, and I choose to do off grid systems as opposed to grid tied. Um, a lot of that is to, because I'm not a fan of grid tied systems because if the grid grid goes down for whatever reason, your $25,000 worth of solar panels that you're making a monthly payment on with interest, they do nothing. They don't work. They shut themselves off because they're completely dependent upon the grid functioning. So everybody's like, oh, well, we have a pretty good grid. That's fine. But what happens when a squirrel gets up and blows a transformer? Because that does happen. What happens when a tr drunk driver hits that transformer and you need power for whatever reason, whatever your need is in your life? Guess what happens? Your solar panels do nothing for you. They don't do jack shit. What happens if you just choose not to pay your bill that month because you don't have enough money to pay your electricity bill? They shut your they shut your power off. They pull your meter. Guess what? Your twenty five thousand dollars solar panels that you still owe money on. Guess what they do? They shut themselves off. They don't do jack shit. My system, once it's paid for and installed, shit. You start saving money immediately, right then and there, and no one can take that away from you. And you will have power twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Whatever you want to run. So that's why I do it, and it's like no, I I. You know, I can get away from, I can get you away from the power company. Like, or if you want to have, you know, just isolate one thing. You don't even have to be completely 100% off grid. We do hybrid systems where, you know, your major appliances run on grid power, but all of your overhead lights and TVs and gaming systems and all of that's run off grid. You know, I mean, it's, it's however you want to design it. I'll design it for you and make that happen. So... That was a long rant. I get, I get, a little, I get really excited over that off grid guy stuff. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. But uh, how far is Inferno from here? Like five minutes. Oh shit! All right. Well, let's get on over there then. Yeah. Fucking. Let's a. go roll. Let's go roll. So yeah, man. Oh shit! I want to do this we'll, again. Yeah, we'll if, do if a there, round two. Do a podcast and then go roll. Fucking a. Yeah, let's do and that. Make it like a fucking series or some shit. Yeah. Hey, man. I'm all about that. Yeah, cause I just hearing you talk, I came up with ideas to for you even. So. Like, oh really? Yeah. Oh man. I just didn't. I just didn't want to interrupt you. So. Oh man. No. Write them down. Let's make this happen. I've Sweet. got a. I've got a folder on my phone. I think I've showed this to you before. It's a, like you were talking about. Uh, like making gifts and like not having an e-commerce store. Yeah. And my mind just immediately went to, like making videos of like how to do it yourself make these like personalized gifts mm -hmm. and then at the end of the video say if you want to purchase this one go to my website check out my e-commerce store and they're all one-off gifts like you're not making 10 of the things that you made whatever right. you make on that video is for sale but then once it's gone it's gone yeah oh, that's because true. then it keeps it it keeps it special as well Fucking you got the you got that one that you that off-grid guy made on episode 50 you got the one that he made on episode Whatever. 100, yeah. you know? So it's like, they're all going to keep that same personalized feeling, and then it lets you continue to make things that you like to make, right. but then sell them for what you think they would be worth, because somebody else might use it as a gift to someone, and it's not something that they could make, but watching your video, they were trying to make it, and they failed, 
Yeah. And then they buy yours and they give it away and they're like, they can tell a story behind it. Fuck me. And then they can show the person the video and then it still keeps the sentimental loop, but then the video is then in turn advertising for you. Nice. Hey, fucking A, I love it. Let's do that. Yeah. It's It'll happen in time. I'll start I'll, checking them off. I'll get, yeah, I'm going to go through all of my ideas soon and start going, okay, I've done that or I'm going to do this next and, mm. and, uh. Because I want that. I, I do. And, and some of them are like billion dollar ideas. Like, oh man, I don't know how I'm going to afford that. But by God, I'm going to do it someday. You may not even have to afford it. Maybe right. You talk about it. You just get the idea out there. Someone hears it. We don't even know who they are yet. Yeah. They hear you talking about it and they're like, oh, that off-grid guy. Hey, DM. Let's do this. I have all this money. I liked your idea. What can we do to make that a reality? And you're just like... Where did you hear about me? Oh, the <laughs> podcast, whatever, or a YouTube video that you made, or yeah. you know they saw your sticker somewhere, or someone bought one of your gifts and talked about it, or right. you know that word of mouth channel that you're talking about. So. Right. Well, and that's and that's what I'm after. And and hell, who knows? Maybe that's what I need to do. I need to just throw my ideas out there, and and whoever takes them takes them. I've seen a couple of them, like mainstream, like oh shit, I thought about that 20 years ago. Like, right. But I mean, you know, back then I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like, oh shit, man. I thought about doing that before making a like a Facebook page of like the pieces of property around here that are up for sale that I could never afford, but I have a great idea of what it should be. Yeah. And like come up with a business plan, write it all out and be like free ideas and just have a page and you can invite anyone you want to come see them. And if someone runs with that idea, cool. Yeah. I don't even have to get paid for it. I don't give a shit. Because if that place becomes what I wanted it to be, it'll still make me happy. Yeah. Possibilities. Right? Fucking A, man. Let's Love go it. roll. Let's go roll. Fucking A. Thank you for being on. Oh, man. I, I, I fucking loved it, man. This Hell yeah. This is cool shit. We need to do this again. I, I like doing it. I like talking about solar, obviously. Yeah, it's, you got passionate. So. As always. As always. Yeah, one love. Through.